I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, my guest is master acting coach, Tom Draper. Tom Draper is someone that was introduced to me by one of my former podcast guests, Shea Wiggum. Tom Draper works with actors of all calibers and is one of the best and most nuanced coaches I've worked in my life. He has such a profound understanding of what it takes, both his technique and audition-wise, to succeed as an actor. Here's the episode. Hit me, baby. We have Ryan Perez here. Tom Draper. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? Well... Uh, a mutual friend and a longtime brother of yours, and uh, very near and dear to my heart, Shea Wiggum introduced us. So, Tom Draper, man, I'm curious to talk about you. So, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, the mean streets of Studio City. No way. So, you're from California? Yeah. And what was that like growing up in the epicenter of the business? Interesting. Yeah. Like, I went to school in North Hollywood, this little Catholic grammar school, and there were kids there of actors there were kid actors in the school so we're always kind of around it yeah you know like someone's dad was a um cameraman yeah. or a or a sound guy or an actor so i was always kind of around the business yeah but i wasn't really interested in the business my family was not in the business what did your parents do uh my dad was a lawyer okay and my mom was a school teacher okay and so then talk to me about your childhood then. How did, I mean, because I feel like living in LA, it goes one of two ways. Like you're all in somehow in some fringe, like you're actor, director, cinematographer, <clears throat> or you fucking hate it and you can only dream of escaping it. I did not hate it. You didn't. Loved movies. You did. Absolutely. But you, were you aware of, of Hollywood being the, the pit of the business? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mind you, this is a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it still was Hollywood. Yeah. But I had a wonderful fascination with it. We, we could hear from our house, we could hear the Universal Studios stunt show. Wow. And with binoculars, we could see the top. I don't know if they do the stunt, the Western stunt show anymore. No, no, now it's Waterworld. Damn it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Western stunt show. Yeah, was, I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah. Was, was badass. Yeah. And they had a thing when they, he was on the roof and he would get shot and he would splat his blood and go against the wall and he'd fall off the yeah. roof. And we used to watch that. We used to sneak into Universal. Wow. We used to jump the fence. Uh, one time we were even on the tram ride and we got off. We stole the fake rocks. We went behind, talked to the stunt guys, and they gave us the sugar bottled glass bottles. Glass bottles. Yeah, we yeah. brought home and smashed it over each other's heads. That's amazing. You know, so I had a great fascination with that. Yeah. And, and it was the, the beginnings of there was a thing called the Z Channel. Yeah. Which was the beginnings of cable TV and showing movies. And we couldn't get the Z Channel, but we had this thing called the On Channel. Okay. And it was a satellite dish. And so that's where I watched like my first movies, uh, you know, Fellini, they had Fellini, they had Woody Allen, they had all these, and at late at night, you get to see the good ones, Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, so I always loved movies. Wow. I had no interest in it though. I was a sports guy. Yeah. I was. What sports were you playing? Uh, baseball. Okay. Which my brothers were all into, yeah. but I sucked at it. I was scared of the fastball. Uh, but I got good at basketball. Okay. So I was obsessed. Here's the way I am. I get obsessed with something. Yeah. And I was obsessed with basketball. I read that Pete Maravich slept with his basketball, probably a legend. So I slept with my basketball. No way. And that's all I did all day long. Yeah. Play basketball, play basketball, play basketball. Because it was the only thing I can beat my brothers at. That's amazing. You know? And at what point did you decide to kind of uh, take a peek into acting? So I'm playing basketball. Yeah. I'm going to Catholic schools. Because it was more like um, a tradition in my family, you know, Catholics, but yeah. my parents weren't necessarily super Catholic. Yeah. They just believed in the education. And uh, in eighth grade, here I am, basketball Jones, and this priest takes us out to the minor seminary. The minor seminary is, is a high school seminary. I didn't even know that existed. So I go to this minor seminary and these guys in high school who are starting to study to be priests, if it's real, I want to go to heaven. And if it's real, I want to be a saint. So I completely dropped basketball and wanted to join the seminary. No way. And my parents were like, that you spent all this time with basketball. You're going to go to Loyola High School, which is a, a high school downtown Jesuit school that my uncle taught at, actually. They were getting a divorce at the time. So they thought I was losing it. And they said, we fought. We fought. And they said... You will go to one year of Loyola, and after that year, if you still want to go to the seminary, you can, but you are going for yeah. a year. I showed up the first day of Loyola introducing herself, and I was like, hey, my name's Tom. I'm not going to be here next year, but uh, cool. Wow. And it was just, I just it was like this the Wait whole time, the just, yeah. just looking, looking, looking. So I get out, and I joined the high school seminary as a sophomore. Wow. So faith was a was it an integral part of your life at this point? I'm trying, dude. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, does this really exist? Yeah. I'm praying. I'm like, come yeah. on, totally. give it to me. So I'm then I'm in it. I'm I'm in it to win it. I'm I'm like trying to figure this shit out and think that that's my calling. I really believe like yeah. in a vocation, like doing something that you love, doing something that what you work at is something that you called to do or you know it's an integral part of your life yeah. like, like it's not just like clocking in and doing a job i yeah. have plenty of those you know what i mean speaking of i worked at universal studios selling hot dogs wow <laughs> you know what i mean 
And so it came full circle, stealing their shit yeah. and having to sell their stuff. So I do that. I do that three years of the high school. I go two years of the college. I went to the to the major seminary, which was St. John's in Camarillo. So okay. you like continue. So so the whole process is college degree, and then you go to theology, which is graduate school. Basically, I get to my sophomore year in college studying philosophy, which I really like. They always have these like jumps. It's like, okay, you know, going from high school into the college was a big jump. Okay, we're going to take the next step. Are you ready to do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. And then from sophomore to junior year, it was like another big step. They mm-hmm. do with these kind of like steps to kind of, you know, I don't know, to convince guys not to continue or, or to find the seriousness of it. And at the time, I was just really kind of fed up with the structure of the schools, asking a lot of questions. Why can't women be priests? Yeah. Is it really the body and blood of Jesus? Is it really, there's a thing called in Catholicism, the transubstantiation, which is, it actually turns into the body and blood of, of, of Christ. Like, like just crisis of faith. Yeah. Do I really want to do this? I came in so young. So I decided, okay, well, maybe I'll join the Jesuits, which is an order of priests. And they said, yeah, no, you need to go to regular school for a while and then come back to us. They were like. They wanted you to have more experience. Yeah, just like, yeah, they yeah, didn't. Yeah. They're like, dude, you've been in since you were in high school. You, you, you don't you know what the fuck you're doing. You need to live your life. <laughs> you yeah. need to live a yeah. life and then come back yeah. to us. Yeah. So I decided, well, I found out that, um, this is how methodical I am too. I found out that's where they send their Western novitiates is the Gonzaga University. Yeah. So I go, okay. So I applied for two schools, Fordham, which is... The East Coast, where they send all the novitiates on the East Coast, and on the West Coast, they send them to Gonzaga. So those are the two I applied for. Gonzaga gave me more money, so I went there. Wow. But I figure I'll just continue studying philosophy, because the one thing my dad did was, like, go to college, go to college, go to college, which I think can be a good place to kind of figure your shit out. Totally. And then here we go. Junior year, I'm super shy, super, you know big school, you have to take a fine arts class. Um, and I saw acting. Yeah. I grew it's up in big. LA. It's yeah, yeah. no, there was no idea about that. It wow. was just, let me do something big. Okay. Oh, big for choice wise. Yeah. Yeah. I always go big. Yeah. You know? So I go and I take the class and I kind of like it. I'm like, this is really cool. Yeah. And then between junior and senior year, I come back to LA and I'm working at a shoe store in the Fairfax district near Cantor's. It's a very interesting community around there. There's a lot of old folks homes. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman who came in every day and she um, would just try on shoes. She had no interest in buying shoes. She just came in because she was bored to try on shoes. It's a bizarre old lady. Yeah. 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 And I would help her because she was really sweet. Yeah. And um, she told me she used to be an old studio coach. She used to be in one of the studio system. I kind of had this desire to be an actor and I kind of whispered to her. I said, Hey, I'm thinking about being an actor. And she went, Oh my dear. Yes. Yes. You must do that. My dear. She had a like faking accent. And so then I go back up to college and I'm like, I want to be an actor. So I, uh, I take as many theater classes as I can. Cause I'm like, I'm going to switch. I'm going to stick with philosophy because the theater program was not that good at Gonzaga at the time. I don't know about now. And so, uh, and then a professor said, Hey, you should, the next step is to get an MFA. 
Um, get your master's in acting. Get your master's in acting. So I did my research and the best are NYU, Yale, Yale Juilliard. Juilliard, right? Yeah. So I auditioned. Did you do the, the rounds? Yes. How did that go? Fucking horrible. Yeah. I was it? the worst. <laughs> I was the worst. Do you remember those experiences? Like, did, did, yes. did you, was it overwhelming? Was it? It was, I mean, it was kind of fun to perform. Yeah. But um, I was just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And I was just doing two monologues and. Um, one classical. One classical, yeah. one contemporary. Did you work with that lady as your coach? I worked. No. Oh, okay. No, I, did not. <laughs> I, did, I, I was hoping it was coming full circle. There. <laughs> oh, that would have been yeah, nice. Yeah. I just worked there one summer at this. That shoe store was a horrible job. The only places I got into. Oh, well, I got into UC Irvine and CalArts. And I thought, you know, I did. It was the old Woody Allen thing. Like if, if, if they want me to be a member of the club, there must be something wrong with the club. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And because it, you know, it all depends on the program depends on all the teachers. Yeah. And I was thinking I'm from LA. Yeah. It's the center besides New York. My mom is living out here. I'll just live in the extra room and I'll look and just see, cause I started studying acting and like, who's still alive from the group theater, from Stanislavski to the group theater, who's still alive. Mm-hmm. Who's in LA. Oh my God. There's like amazing freaking teacher. I'll just do my own program. Yeah. Study with this person, study dance there. I'll do my own, Your own grad school, at grad yeah. school and just work and just sometimes put it on a credit card and yeah. just, and just do that. So I did that, that, that was my training. That's how I got into it. Wow. At what point out here? Cause you did go back to New York, right? Right. Um, well, I'd never been to New York. You didn't audition in New York for Juilliard? And- no, it was in San Francisco. Wow. Okay. Got it. Was it. in San Francisco. I did the West Coast. Thing. Yeah. I get an opportunity. So here I am in LA taking the classes. I started a, um, a, a theater company with friends that I met in a class and we're doing plays and, you know, four people are showing up and, but we're doing it and yeah. loving it. And, and, and that's when I started, like, I wouldn't say like teaching, but like, it was like, if we didn't have a play going on, we would get together once a week. If we weren't working on something, I was like, well, I was reading about this or I'm taking class about this. Let's work on these exercises. Cause yeah. I was just interested in becoming um, immersed, a great actor. Yeah. So, so we would just work on shit and then directing a little for the, for theater and stuff like that kind of prepared me to kind of do what I do now. I meet a guy, this amazing character actor, Raymond J. Barry. Um, he's on, uh, you know, born on the 4th of July with okay. Tom Cruise. He yeah. played the father. All right. Tons of credits. Well, he, he's an amazing, uh, writer. Uh, he writes these very unique plays and I saw one of them. And then I met him outside the YMCA in Hollywood. And I was like, Hey man, I really liked your play. He's like, thanks, man. He's like, cool. He's got a long leather coat. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette and a coffee after he worked out. Wow. Just old school. And uh, I go, so what are you doing right now? And he says, I'm working on another play. I said, well, I'd like to help out. Just anything, man. He goes, well, yeah, I'll introduce you to the director. Maybe you can be his assistant or something. So I assisted this director who's a, a really good New York director and just kind of watched him work with the actors. And then they ended up taking the play to Edinburgh and to the fringe to the fringe and the director couldn't go. So they asked me to go to kind of keep my eye on the show. Ray loved notes. 
He loved notes after every fucking performance. He wanted to hear notes. And so I started just giving notes and just directing the players. Yeah. Not really, because it was already directed. Yeah. But just just kind of tightening it up. I did that. And then Ray, at a certain point, was like, hey, man, I wrote a play. It's about a father and a son. Do you want to play the son? And then we started working on it. And then we took it everywhere. Dublin, uh, San Francisco, Portland, a lot of weird places. Wow. And one of them was New York at Theater for the New City. Okay. And we did it there. So that was my first time in New York, living in a little place in the Lower East Side and doing this play. Were you doing long runs in these cities or? Uh, they were about four or five, four to six weeks. Oh, so they were quite long. Yeah. Yeah. For um, being a show on the road. You know, I didn't yeah. know if it was four or five nights. Wow. That's no, awesome. No, we'd, we'd go for like a month. Wow. And hang out at wherever theater we were out and do it. And how did it feel being in the city? It was amazing because yeah. they're growing up seeing movies about New York. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, we're here. This yeah. is it. This is the big city, man. It was amazing. And yeah. New York is like an unmatched actors. Dr- yeah. Freaking magic. Yeah. Fell in love with it like immediately. It was amazing. And then an opportunity came up a couple years later to um to to move there. Well. To um, study under someone or to? No. Oh, wow. No. Uh, the simple story is I was, I was uh, dating a girl. I was living with a girl. And her job uh, wanted to move her to New York and pay for the whole move. I was like, let's go for it. So I got kind of a free ride there. I had to pay for everything myself. But, yeah. you know, it was like a, it was like an easy in. And into- what? What, what was it like when you moved there? Was that an interesting time in your life? You know, having been in L.A. for so long and traveling on these plays, did you love the city? You know, I did. You. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, doing the New York thing and, uh, you know, studying and doing that whole thing. And it was great. It was hard. Yeah. It's hard. New York's a brutal city. You know what I mean? And what did you do to immerse yourself in the scene there? Take classes, try to do theater, meet how, people. How were you curating those with references of friends or were you kind of looking? No, it was just all kind of just trial by looking fire. in the, looking in the paper, auditioning for shit, seeing who the teacher is. Uh, this is when I started doing a lot of commercials too. Like I, I started doing a lot of commercial work there. And that helped pay the bills. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. And then talk to me about the class where you met Shay. Another character acting, Tom Noonan. Yeah. Um, and we we're taking his class and Tom's an amazing, amazing guy I was in the class and Shay was in the class. He was in like a different night and they had one group thing and he came and he was asking all these questions like, Hey man, uh, what do you think of this? And I was like, Oh, this guy's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, this guy's like, you, you zone in on who's like in it. Totally. Who's like in it. And I was like, okay. This, this guy's pretty cool, but, you know, we were just kind of doing our thing. And then we're in a class together, and we're working together, and we never did a scene together, but um, one time he was doing a scene, and, and Tom did plays, so we had kind of the set up there, and we would do the scenes kind of around the set, you know, not touching it too much. For some reason, there was like a there was like a tangerine on the table, and so the way Tom does scenes is he writes these scenes, and you do whatever you feel like in the moment. That mm-hmm. was his whole thing. It was very like Meisner. Yeah, I was gonna say Meisner. Yeah, he never gave us a story. There were just kind of these vague scenes. They were like, "Hey, 
How are you? Boy, interesting weather. Like really just flat scenes. Yeah. And he was training us to follow our instincts, to just go moment to moment. We'd be like, Tom, what do I need in the scene? He's like, I don't know. What's happening in the moment? It was really like creating actors who was just like really present. Yeah. Just listening, just memorizing the lines, just listening and follow your instincts. So it was really encouraging that follow your instincts. So people would follow their instincts. It'd be magical. It'd be like exciting. It was like when I was studying with Sanford Meisner, it was like when you'd have those moment to moment things, your hair in the back of your neck just comes up because they're present. Totally. They're so fucking present. So he was really encouraging that. But anyway, to go back. So, so Shay in the moment, right around the set, he sees his tangerine, he picks it up. He's like tossing around. Yeah. Makes sense. Right. Yeah. You're using available stimulus, the environment. And uh, they started going at it in the scene with the other actor. Like it was, it was, they were following their instincts. Yeah. They were kind of clashing. Yeah. And Shay, it was a stage throw. A stage throw was when he threw the tangerine, but it was like, you know, seven feet off to the left yeah. and splatted against the wall. <laughs> so rock and roll. It was so rock and yeah. roll. It was yeah. so like, you know, Brando, James Dean, you know, whoosh. yeah. It, but it was like, whoa, oh, stop. Whoa, whoa. To stop the scene. What the fuck was that? That was inappropriate. And I'm like, what? Well, that was amazing. Yeah, he was in And it was a completely safe thing. Because the reason I'm safe is then Tom kicked them out of class. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, Tom, you encouraged us to follow our instincts. It, it was obviously not a throw at... If it was, like, at the person, yeah. you know what I mean? Tangerine's not going to kill you, but, it, you know, it, yeah. could, it could hurt. It was, a, it was a great stage moment, and he was kicked out of class. <laughs> Did and, you leave, too, after? No. Uh, of course not. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I call him up because then he's gone and I never really talked to this guy. And I call him up and I go, dude, that sucked. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. That was an awesome scene. And then I don't know, like, we said, well, you know, let's get a coffee or something. Yeah. I don't know, something like that. Like, let's just hang out. Yeah. We hung out. And then I started helping him with auditions. We would take classes together. We would go to casting workshops and and for the casting workshop, we knew this is not a workshop. This is this is an audition. Yeah. So let's work on it. Totally. We would work on the scenes and then we would talk afterward. At the time, his daughter Georgia was a little baby, and so we'd have to go to commercial auditions, and and I would have to watch. I would like no walk way. around and I didn't have kids. I was freaked. I was like, dude, what if she wakes yeah. up and you're at the audition and I have a baby there and it's like, he's like, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. Just give her the bottle. It's fine. I'm like, okay, hurry up. Wow. You know, so we just kind of like helped, helped each other out. Totally. And then, um, you know, he started working his way up and then he got a manager, a better thing, this and that. And then he got an audition for Tigerland. The and Joel Schumacher film. Yeah. yeah. And he said, could you help me with it? I said, yeah, sure. I helped him with it. Were you helping a lot of actors with auditions? <clears throat> no. That was just, your first. Just, just Shay. Yeah. I, this is like actor the actor yeah, shit. Homie. This isn't a yeah, business. This just, is yeah, homie shit, yeah. right? So I'm just helping him out. And then I remember on the day, he's like, oh, I have to go to this hotel and I'm going to meet Schumacher and some Irish actor that's supposed to be the hot thing. This guy named Colin Farrell. And uh, I remember I was in the, the West Village. I was shooting like an NYU student film. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like in between takes, he came down. He goes, okay, bro, I'm going up there. So we worked on one last time. And I said, dude, 
You got nothing to lose. Yeah. Just go. Because it was a very, like, it was it was a confrontation scene between him and Colin. Yeah. I was like, just go for it. Yeah. Like, go for it. Like, just put everything on the table and just, because you got nothing to lose. And then, you know, he booked it. Wow. And then he was like, um, okay, could you help me prepare to shoot it? Because the character is a little thin. And uh, so we just broke the whole script apart and added backstory life to it and did cards. Because I did this thing called cards when you put all the scenes on the cards. Got it. And you put them up and you see the whole movie. Visualize the narrative. Yeah. yeah. So you know where you're at if yeah. you're shooting out of order. And you know the arc of the character and where you're going, where you've been, where yeah. you're going. And so we created this whole thing for him. Talk to me. How are you feeling? You know, because like you're an actor and your friend is having success and you're coaching him and you're largely helping him. Right. Did you feel a sense of empowerment as a teacher? Did you feel a sense of, of mourning that it wasn't you getting the role? Like, well, I've always had this thing like, you know, people are just very different. You know, Shay and I are very different. Yeah. What he can do, I can't do. What I can do, he can't do, I think, you know. So, and I have this thing of like just, just helping people. Like, so I didn't feel, I was very happy for him. Yeah. It's very altruistic. It was very, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a saint or anything. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was after that, um, in regards to me helping people in general, it was like I had this break up with the girl I moved out there with. No way. Which was so traumatic. Yeah, I know how that and, and And I was like, you know what? I don't care. I love this business. I don't care what it is. I'm just going to stick in. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever it is. Yeah. If it's, you know, writing, directing, coaching actors, I just, I loved it. And, and so Shay started working more and I started helping him more trying to do my own thing, doing the acting. And then people on set would go, yo, what's your story, dude? To Shay. And Shay would go, yeah, I work with this guy. And then they'd go, well, what's this guy's number? And so then people your phone would call started me. Ringing. And then I started working with him. I didn't charge in the beginning. It was just like, yeah, I'll help you out. Yeah. But then, um, but then I get married and have a kid. And then I'm like, I need to pay bills. I, you know, it's, yeah. it's my time. Yeah. You know, so throw me something so I can continue on doing this because I like doing it. And at that point, when your child was born, did you have an idea that this was the way that you were going to survive while, you know, pursuing acting or being around it? Like coaching was going to be your. No, no, I was writing with my ex. You know, we were writing screenplays. Um, so I was I'm very creative. I wanted to be um, just, I just like creating. I just like totally. being in the thing. So yeah. it was just, it was just put one foot in front of the next. Yeah. You know, and then I moved back to LA and then Shay was in LA. Yeah. Shay had gone out a couple of years earlier and then I came back and then, you know, uh, through him, people start coming to me and, it, and it's just like, just been a slow build. Wow. It's just was a slow build. There was no like desire to make it into a business. Um, it's still slightly um, informal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a class once a week, but that's basically because people can't afford to do privates or they just want an opportunity to work on their shit. Yeah. And minus the audition process. Yeah. 
And there's something about community of watching other actors. Totally. So I just did that because a lot of people were just saying like, yeah, do you have a class? Cause I'm going to do something when I'm not auditioning, nor can I afford to pay, you know, yeah, the X amount to work on a monologue or something. Yeah. yeah. So then the class just started happening and I just rented a theater in, in Burbank or in, um, my first one was in studio city. Okay. I've been to a bunch of places and in LA, do you guys do theater scenes or is it film and TV Film and TV scenes? Wow. Yeah. I do not do theater scenes. No. That's what I grew up on. Yeah. That's what I studied with. It was do theater scenes. It's, I'm completely not against film scenes, but a lot of my actors are auditioning. Yeah. So to give them, you know, True West, a 10 minute scene from True West by Sam Shepard. And then all of a sudden they're going in for CSI as, you know what I mean? Yeah. DA or unsub number two and, and whatever show. It's just better for them. And then while you're here and you have the class and you, and you have these students talk to me about, you know, what, what were some things that you were seeing that were working? You know, was it, was there, you said you had some Meisner and a little bit of Strasbourg group theater. Like, was there a a, a Tom Draper style, a technique that you. Well, one of the things I got from one of my teachers, this guy named Jeff Corey, who was a great old teacher. You know, he taught Nick, who's Nicholson's first teacher. James Dean came through his class. That's where Nicholson met Robert Town. Um, Spielberg had apparently been there back in the day. We had Leonard Nimoy who taught the class when Jeff wasn't there. Robert Blake would teach the class. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, Jeff wasn't there. Um, and his thing was, you got to find your own technique. Yeah. You got to find the Tom Draper technique. And I'd studied with, you know, people like Meisner and people were like Meisner. Yeah. You are the man, you know what I mean? And when I, when I discovered it's, it's, it's not about the method because all that matters is between action and take, right? Yeah. All, all we see are those cuts to take from Walter Murch, the great film editor, quote from him. So it doesn't matter how you get there. If it's push-ups or um, doing a substitution, doing an emotional memory. I studied all different techniques, mm-hmm. everything. I tried to like, just like my basketball and my pre-shit, it was like all in, study it. I would, back in the day when they just had typewriters, type out quotes from actor prepares by Stanislavski. Just yeah. shit. I would just type it out because I just loved it. I was just reading shit. And totally. It really sucked when I first started. Yeah. You know, and I studied voice stuff. So my technique um, is influenced by a lot of people. Okay. And I try to find what works for people. Yeah. Some, some people don't don't work well, like, w- with personal stuff. Yeah. They want to use their imagination. Some people don't like that their imagination is just doesn't ground them enough. Then you need to use personal stuff. So it's like whatever it takes yeah. for them to be connected to the material. And then I soon discovered that there's different genres. You got to really understand the genre. You know, they, they uh, talk about truth in acting. Yeah. Well, a Nickelodeon show and an HBO drama and a indie feature there's a different type of truth. It's a different genre. Yeah. Three different worlds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you have to, you have to understand the genre. Yeah. You have to make it real for yourself. Yeah. But it's a different type of, and no one talks the way they do in, in, in this this stuff, you know? So what was my point there? My point was, is that I take a lot of things. Yeah. And it depends on the actor and what you use. It does. It does depend on the actor. Now my private work, is different from the class. 
private work, people are coming in and they have to audition and they either have to go in the next day and I got to prep them for it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of time. There's a thing called instrumental work when people, and we get time to do this in class, your instrument is your body and your emotions and your spirit. Right. Mm -hmm. And if there's blocks, if there's tensions, I think you should go do voice work and body work because you have to be like a conduit for material to come through you. So you got to work on that. Totally. Just like they do in MFA programs, just like, and all that. Um, and then there's emotional blocks. Yeah. People like might have a problem getting angry. People, women have to cry in scenes all the time, you know, and how they connecting to something deep so they can get organically tears. I'm also a believer in the cry stick here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. the cry stick you, I personally think, yeah, you can get it going and put it there and start the, the physical process. Yeah. Cause Stanislavski said the flesh is accessible. Yeah. Sometimes an outside in approach can get us to feel something. Yeah. You know, the psychological gesture with Michael Chekhov. Totally. So as I was saying, in the private work, it's basically get ready to audition. Yeah. What do we got to do? Totally. It's very, sometimes it's directorial. Sometimes it's, you know, um, Socratic asking them questions. They can come up the answer with them, themselves. Sometimes you don't have a lot of time. I'm just like a, a glor- sometimes just a glorified scene partner. Yeah. Just someone to go over lines with, just someone with an outside point of view. Hey, have you thought about that? Have you thought about this? Let's look at the arc of the character. Starts this way, ends another. So there's certain things that I'm always thinking about. Yeah. I'm thinking about the genre and I'm thinking about the arc of the scene. I'm thinking about the beats. You know, I'm thinking about the thoughts in between the lines. I'm thinking about how the actor is connecting to it, mm-hmm. you know, so they believe it's real as they can under this fiction and I'm getting them ready to audition or I'm taping them or, or we're making a self tape because self tapes have become very big right now. Yeah. You know, so it's getting them ready for that, whatever it takes to do that. It's like whatever it takes. And then I do have some people who are, can't come to class and they just want to work on material. I give them scenes from, I, I ca- kind of cast it for the class and people were sitting with me privately to work on it yeah. of something that you would generally go out for. Yeah. You know, so you're getting used to the audition process. And I'm curious to ask you because I feel like, you know, auditioning is the, is the best fiction of the way of getting the role we have now. You can be an amazing actor and an awful auditioner. Yep. And I imagine a lot of people come to you because, you know, everyone has a varying degree of talent of acting, but auditioning is, is a totally different skill, you know? And what do you think makes, this is a very loaded question, but what do you yeah. think makes for a great audition? A great audition? Yeah. Well, hmm. you know, I'm, boy, I mean, that's, it's very subjective. Yeah. It really depends on the casting director. Totally. Their style, what they like. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so you're in tune with the the bureaucracy of the business and you immerse that into the audition for who whoever the actor's going in for. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's there's skills to learn kind of in the waiting room. Yeah. And there's the there's the three parts of the audition. There's the entering. I think certain competence and confidence you have to have when you walk into a room. Because basically, a lot of times, I mean, there's, can you, and I heard this from the great Billy O'Leary, who's a great teacher here in, in Burbank, actually, um, who says, you know, like, if, if, if you're going in for a, a guest star on a show, 
or the lead or whatever in a movie, I mean, there's a certain price tag. I mean, that day is going to cost them X amount of money. Mm-hmm. And if you fuck it up, they lose their money and they have to recast and it's all fucked up. So it's like, you're basically saying like, I got it. Yeah. I got 300 grand on my shoulders. Yeah. I could handle that. Don't trust me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, there's yeah. a certain confidence coming into the room. Totally. And then obviously you have to understand the scene and, and find something amazing about it. Yeah. Uh, and then leaving, you know, getting out with confidence and not being desperate. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah and you know, maybe. kind of all that basic stuff. But, um, so what was your question? You know, <laughs> what makes, you know, for, uh, like what, what are a lot of traps you see actors fall into? Cause I imagine you've seen actors of all kinds. Well, of okay. One trap that, which is so true is, is like, I'm great on set, man. Yeah. It's this audition shit. Yeah. That's the work. <laughs> I said, well, yeah. that's the part that you got to like, unfortunately nail. And I get it. It's like, well, but I'm in a room and, and it's just me and a bunch of strangers, a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And they'll, they'll have four pages. The first two pages are in a bedroom and the second two pages are on the moon. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. And how do you make that transition? How are you making this room like believable or, or there's gunplay in it. There's, there's a fight, you know, so there's a certain art to like auditioning for example, you know, guns in scenes. I, I'm a believer in the phone gun, the phone gun. Yeah. You know, it's real. It's yeah. got it in your hand. It's weird. Yeah. I got like a shiny fucking phone, but it's like, it's, so there's certain like little tips and tricks to try to make it real for yourself you know, there's, there's the classic, you know, there's two people in a scene yeah. and you have one reader and you're talking you're like, mom, I really want to go out tonight. Dad says something, shut up, dad. And you're back over here. You know what I mean? Do yeah. we create multiple eye lines? And then, you know, each casting director is different. And they're like, no, honey, there's just look at me, Yeah, you know, or, but, but here's the idea is that that's the medium shot that you're filming in the, especially for TV. That's a medium shot that they're going to see on TV. Yeah. So do exactly what you do. There's no time for direction. There's yeah. no time. A lot of actors are like, yeah, but you know, they're, they're going to help me out. And the director, it's, we, we try to make you director proof. Yeah. You don't need a, totally. a director because they're just getting their day done. And right? for the co-star guest star stuff, they don't oh, have the time for, please. you know, yeah. They want a pro, man. Yeah. Just do your job. Yeah. They're not going to talk to Nail you. It, push along. What are you supposed to be doing to the lead? Yeah. How are you pushing their story along? How are you supporting that? Yeah. Onward. These are my words, not yours, but yes. for clients that let's say aren't great auditioners, and you spoke about this a little bit ago, now we live in a self-tape world. Do you think that has revolutionized the art of auditioning for actors that, let's say, are not great in, in the rooms and with the anxiety of, you know? Yeah. For some reason, I still think going into the room is the best. You do? Yeah. I get it. I get it. We want to do it ourselves and yeah. do like 30 takes yeah. and get that perfect one. And create the Harry Potter world. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's fun sometimes. Sometimes you can do some pretty, you've seen some online tapes. Yeah. And, you know, um, the Stranger Almost Things. Almost production audition. ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. Super creative. But I don't know. There's something about in the room doing it there, having the one-on-one experience, them excuse the term feeling your energy and, and, and you can't be fucking fooled. Yeah. Let's say if I was a producer, writer, director that I am, I have, that's 40 takes and I'm getting the best one. What are they going to do on set? Yeah. How do I know? (laughs) You know what? How do I know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Like I've been coaching hilariously. I love them. Some um, influencers. Yeah. You know, and scenes are sometimes five pages and it's like a play yeah. with, with, with an audition. You can't cut. There's no cutaways. So the, it really sucks because you got to be like on point for six pages. And a lot of times we'll do, we'll tape it and we'll go, well, the first three pages are great. You fucked up on page four and then <laughs> five and six were good. Yeah. We got to do it again. Yeah. Because that fuck up was too big. We got to go again. It's like, so sometimes you're gritting your teeth during some long takes because it's, it's like a play. You got to get it from the beginning. There's no cutaway. So some of my influencers are like, can we just cut away? You know, you know, like, yeah. you know, like the YouTube videos, like yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Anyway, yeah. so I'm back, you yeah. know, and they cut, 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 yeah. cut, cut. And I said, wow, I wish we could do that. Yeah. yeah. That would be great. We get the best performance ever. Yeah. Or like cut away to a, a fucking coffee shot. cup, insert shot, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, so what were we saying? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm curious, you know, I'll go ex- off long winded now. No, for example, like, you know, the, the reason I love Shay and I know you love Shay is like, He's one of the greatest actors working right now, but the thing that I find so incredible about him is no matter the size of the role, mm-hmm. he systematically works with you on everything to find a way in. And it doesn't matter if it's a two-scene thing or it's something like Boardwalk Empire where he's on all six seasons, you know? And I'm curious for you, living in L.A., you know, there's there are actors like him who take that seriously and, mm-hmm. and want to do that approach. But then there are a lot of movie stars who become very famous for genetics or a certain personality, what do you don't slam movies, man? <laughs> no, you know, there's there's beauty to it, but I mean, not everyone, you know, takes such a, a, a thorough approach, is, is my point. And I'm curious for you, you know, in LA, you know, in New York, there's a lot more theater actors and people, you know, rehearsals a thing. And I don't want to say the cliche is true, but I do feel like New York actors tend to be a bit more prepared. Fuck you, man. <laughs> and I'm curious for you working with these actors out here, a lot of people that maybe haven't had the kind of life experience you've had or Shay's had, how do you help them bring truth to work where they don't really have the life experience of that character? Okay. Well, those are two different. Okay. So we got into life experience of a character and the difference between, you know, a Shay who is like a dog on a bone when he, when it comes to other people who are not that into it or don't understand the preparation, they soon understand and, and hopefully, you know, just through the fun of working on it, they yeah. understand that um, there is work involved and, yeah. and they feel better when the scene goes better. So they kind of get it. Yeah. Um, that's kind of your beginner person who might be getting into it. Like, you know, have some music people and stuff like that. And they soon understand that, you know, there's a relation, you know, how much they worked on music. You know, they got to do the same with the acting and how much you know, kind of preparation it takes. Yeah. Some people, yeah, will show up and not even have looked at the stuff. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's a lot of hard work. You got to like take it on the shoulders and get them, you know, do kind of do all the work yeah. with them, you know, which is fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, I just want them to do the best they can. So whatever it takes and I encourage them to, to work hard at it, to yeah. get someone to go over lines with, to study, you know, not with me, but I have a list of people. I'm like, go, yeah. go do that. Study with that person, do that class, do that. Study with this voice person. It's up to you. If, if they want to do it and, and, um, and work on it. So there's that. Yeah. Right. Like the difference between actors and is LA different from New York? I don't know. 
I mean, there was more interest in theater, which takes time and yeah. rehearsal. I mean, that's some, that's some, it's not some floor theater time. often in LA. No, know, it's not yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I get the audition, uh, work on it, yeah. show up next day, yeah. do it really quick. Now I'm out. Now I'm on to the other thing. No, you're like immersed in a play. Yeah. Oh, plays are amazing. So the second half of your question is, what do you do with someone who comes in and doesn't have like a lot of life experience yeah. for a, a, a character? 100%. Well, that's a lot of what the, the, the imagination. Interesting. Really reading the script. You know, a lot of people have very different life experiences from the, uh, f- from the character. And yeah. we're just trying to like, I just keep on asking, how does it relate to you? How, how do you relate to this? How do you connect to this? You know, and you do the as if. It's as if, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This person is, is, a, is a drug addict in Western Pennsylvania whose uh, dad left him on the doorstep. Mom's a drug. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. And they grew up in Newport Beach. And wow. they're like, you know, everything's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and that's where you're using your imagination. That's yeah. where you're trying to make a connection. What is it kind of like? We're just trying to find one little thread. Yeah. You know, as simple as, uh, what's it like losing your cell phone for 20 minutes? You're like, fuck, where's my cell phone? Where's yeah. my cell phone? Okay. A little bit of truth. Let's expand that out. Oh, fuck. Where is my best friend in a horror movie? Where, where are they? Where are they? You know, so we've got a little imagination, a little something personal, and we're trying to make it yeah. all happen, you know, when it comes to the breath. You know, I heard this one guy say there's no such thing as boring actor, boring acting, just boring actors. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, the actor's job is also to, to expand their life and read and be interested in people. Yeah. and. You know, Jay said this very thing on this podcast that I find to be so true, especially with like, you know, the millennials and that generation is like, you know, you grew up in the, in the world where, you know, you had Janis Joplin, you had Bob Dylan who played the subways and, and did that. But now, and we have YouTube and we have influencers mm-hmm. and everyone wants the end goal without doing the work. You know what I mean? No one wants to play the subways. No one wants to do monologues, you know? And I'm curious to ask you is like, is because of the world now we live in and technology. Do you think actors are benefited from doing conservatory training or do you think actors are better living interesting lives and, and getting life experience? Or do you think it really depends on the actor? It really depends on the actor. Yeah. It's so funny. I have some people come in here and they're just, they haven't done any acting, but they might be in some related entertainment field and they just have a feel for it. It just like all they need is just, just a little, just a little direction on yeah. it. Some people come in and they have no connection to the material. So they could, they need to like do a lot of work. Yeah. You know, conservatory work. You listen, it's kind of like a sport. Like do you expect to play in the U S open tomorrow and you've never picked up a racket. Yeah. It's a little different yeah. because it, 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 it's not quite as black and white as that because physical prowess and learning how to swing a racket and take balls at a hundred miles an hour is, is a physical skill. I mean, acting, you know, people have gotten away. There've, there've been great performance from people who've never acted before, Yeah, you know? Um, but it is a craft. It is something to learn. And a lot of it, it's, it, it, it's an experiential thing. So it does take floor time. It does take, hours of working out your shit so you feel comfortable yeah so has the um you know quick fast way of now you know hurt actors um 
I don't know. I mean, in another way, they have a lot of other opportunities that yeah. maybe I'm jealous of. I mean, you know I mean? the content bubble, yeah. You know, it's it's like amazing. I yeah. mean, and there's been some amazing talent that has come from um, from the media world that now they're because they had an opportunity to yeah. express themselves and and cut out the middleman and go straight to the people. So there's certain value in that, and I think they learned some skills from that. Um, and let's face it, some of them work very hard doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Honestly, how many people? want to be actors and how many people do it yeah make it. it 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 is a pretty small percentage so it it is like how long you can stay in the game and a lot of people's careers don't pop till later and do they have the for, do they love it enough and to keep going to keep going yeah some people hit fast some people hit fast and then they have a doldrum yeah. and are they going to stick with it so it's really just about their kind of stick to itiveness and do do you believe that you know as you said people that stay in it do you think if you stay in it for long enough, I'm not saying it'll be an Oscar, but something will come. No, you don't. No, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> I, wish. I appreciate the truth. Yeah. Yeah. You could genuinely suck. Maybe you're in it forever and, and you're not getting the right feedback. Yeah. Maybe your reason for getting in it is not right and you don't need to be in it. Yeah. Like, you know, I say, you know, many are called, few are chosen. You know, uh, who is it? There was a really, the first woman studio head, and I can't remember her name, Sherry Lansing. Mm -hmm. She started out as an actress. David Mamet was an actor. Yeah. Um, Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. You know, I mean, some great directors, or Ron Howard. Yeah. Actor. Yeah, happy days. You know, it's an amazing training, and, and sometimes it gets you into other fields. Yeah and helps us with a lot of things. But if you stick in it and keep on going, yeah, I guess there, there is no guarantee. Yeah. How about for your clients that have been successful, what have been the overall consistent factors that you've noticed for the people that have had success? It's not always the same thing, but this is what works well. You know, the, this is the thing they have in common. Confidence. Confidence. Do you think that delusional, almost pathological self-belief really does Sometimes. Okay. Here's, here's the thing with that. Sometimes there's a delusional confidence that does get you to the next level, but if it's delusional, then you're not really getting like a feedback loop. Yeah. And like I've had some people do work and you're like, how was that? And they're like, oh, that was, that was fucking great. That was <laughs> fucking genius, yeah. man. And I'm like, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so there's like a delusional, but there's just something about the confidence of those people that I think that. I'm curious to talk to you about your acting, you know, as you've built up this roster of clients, have, did you feel, you know, because you're working with so many actors and, and you're acting with them, do you feel, you know, so exhausted by acting or do, do you feel more inspired that it's pushed your acting further? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I kind of just put it on just making that happen and just having the time to, to coach people. But I, I'm a very creative soul. Yeah. I mean, are you still writing? I am amazing. Can you I talk am. about any? Pro- yeah, I'm, uh, working. I, I have a, um, a writing partner right now and we're writing something and you know, I mean, it's, it's like when I'm acting, when I'm acting, the time, there is no time situation. Like, you know, we, we wrote for seven hours yesterday and it just felt like yeah, 20 minutes. It was like, oh shit, it's been seven hours. I love that. It's getting into the flow. Yeah. 
So I love that creative part. I have been more opening myself up to auditioning for stuff. Yeah. Um, I gave up the commercial stuff. I just, when it comes to, I mean, that's not really fulfilling for me. Yeah. I, I want, I'd love the money. Yeah, of course. Honestly, yeah, but okay. I really don't want to drive to Santa Monica at three o'clock and do like a look-see, which commercial is like, copy. you know, yeah. hold up the hands, turn. Yeah. I do a little voiceover stuff. I could totally see that. If stuff comes up. Yeah. People, you, you, you had a scene in Small Engine Repair, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we were sitting with John and he's like, are you coming to New York? We, we, Shane and I work here and we yeah. work over Skype and yeah. then he goes into, I don't like to be on set with yeah. him, you know, cause uh, sometimes there's like a weird thing with the director. I'm like, yeah, do your thing. This is, yeah. Yeah. Your baby. Yeah. Um, and so, but he said, are you going? I said, no, I don't think so. And he goes, well, I, I like your look. It'd, it'd be kind of cool. I said, um, and, and you can, you know, do Jimmy, the bartender, you know, it's a couple lines. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Go for it. I need to be on set. Yeah. I need to get that nerves. I yeah. need to be on the other side it, to, to still feel what it's like. Cause you can get very like, forget oh, about it. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. It's not, you know, yeah. got to understand the audition process and all that type of stuff. So yeah. Um, how was that experience? It was great. Yeah. It was fun. Was that your first time doing a, like a, a big film like that in a, a little bit or? Uh, no, I did some other little, like some short films that were like huge budgets. Wow. That doesn't really count for yeah. like a, like a feature film and stuff like that. And um, let me say, last time I did theater was at the, I did a play at the, um, LA has a fringe festival now. Oh, okay. Amazing. That was, a, that was a few years back and that was fun. I'd like to get back on stage and do it. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. 100%. It's just a matter of your father, you know? Yeah. I've got two kids. I'm a single dad, you know, so I'm doing that. Has and, fatherhood changed your, your approach to acting? You know, I talked to Polono about this, you know, it changed the way he wrote, he, he writes. I'm curious. Really? Yeah. I'm curious how, how it changed the way he writes. I think, you know, like a, a, a lot of his stories deal with fatherhood. And I think in Small Engine Repair in particular, mm-hmm. you know, he was on the show. You know, it, it, it's about a father character. And I think he said in the interview that when he became a father, it went from like loving it and... As being a father. Yeah. To, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's called life experience. Yeah. You know? And, and um, I've had people play... Um, a parent and they don't have kids and we'll try to use substitutions yeah, to make it real, but there's nothing like the real deal. Like a, like a mother or a father can kind of more, more understand, you know, relationship stuff when it comes to some material. Yeah. So chalking on a life experience stuff. And, and what's next for you? I know you're writing and it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know, you're doing some awesome acting work. Like, both it, both as an artist and outside of an artist. What's next for Tom Draper? When I first, just real quick, when I first got started coaching, I decided to put all the books away and just kind of go with the feel and just kind of discover stuff, you know, not to yeah. be bookish about it because I'd taken in all this knowledge on my classes and it was just, let's just flow with it. Yeah. And then uh, recently, I've, I've been studying a lot recently. Amazing. You know, I've been taking classes and stuff. Um, so I'd like to keep on learning and yeah. humble myself yeah. and, and, you know, take classes. So I'm studying with people. There's a part of me that, but it's just time right now about going back and just reading a lot of the great texts. I don't think you can learn acting from reading a book, yeah. but I just kind of want to go back to it and just kind of 
I don't know. I just kind of want to go back to it and Amazing. just read it, do that, put an overview on that, look at it. I don't know. Um, so I want to do that, um, write, do some more acting, um, develop some pieces for myself. Amazing. Put myself out there more. Final question. Yes. What's a good way for people to stay in touch with you? I know we're in Los Angeles and, you know, I, I'm yep. in New York, but, you know, you have, a, you have a wonderful class here. And, like, what's the best way for yeah. people? And I do Skype coaching, FaceTime coaching and all that stuff. Um, go to TomDraperActing.com. Okay. Awesome. TomDraperActing.com. Um, and on all the social medias, I'm at TomDraperActing. Tom Draper, thank you so much for being on You're An Actor Despairs. You're incredible. And I'm so excited to keep working with you, man. You're yeah. a legend. Thanks, brother. All right. Much love. All right. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.